2: It is 11 a.m. on a football Friday morning in rainy Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It is time once again for Southern Pride Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Schreier, your trusty, if not talented host of the program, fresh from BamaOnline.com, where I serve as the senior analyst. Of course, the Alabama-affiliated Website for the 247sports.com network. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier And its 14th year now out there at 1530 McFarlane Boulevard North. It is a football Friday. I've told you many times before couple of different ways to approach Peterbrook. Peterbrook can really help you out going into a football weekend. First of all, you take care of the significant other. I mean, if you're just planning on posting up between now and that Sunday nighter, or even through Monday night, you know, you can't even tell anymore, by the way. Right. With NFL games I mean we're getting to the point where we're going to have NFL games every night of the week with the COVID-19 stuff. But you take care of that significant other and uh, the doghouse prevention there at Peter Brook Chocolatier. And then you get your treats. You know, for the football weekend. You can snack throughout the weekend. They'll take good care of you there. Peter Brook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard, North. Joined on the program by producer James Ludeman, who together, we combine to form the 60-minute moon Woo! of Sports Talk Radio. And James, I don't know if you realize it or not, but I know you were at that Thomasville-Hale County Tilt last night down in the Moundville area, you saw sort of the high school football equivalent of a unicorn. Do you know what I'm talking about, James?
3: I have no idea what that means.
2: <laughs> you saw a forty nine yard field goal on the high school level. According to your tweets anyway, that's what you witnessed last night. You don't see that in high school football that often, do you James?
3: No, that's and and actually I was talking to coach after and one of the things he said was it, it, it's definitely a weapon that we have, and it's funny because Joe Gaither was at home last night. Obviously, he's still recovering, but he was at home live tweeting the uh, game for the Tide, tweet, uh, the Tide Twitter account, and uh, one of the things he said to me was, uh, does that kid need Nick Saban's phone number?
2: <laughs> you know, I think Will Rikers got this thing maybe headed in the right direction where the place kicking is concerned, but yeah, I mean, after these last three or four years, why not? Uh, That's very impressive. You just don't see that all that often. And again, it was great to have all the high school football coverage here on Tide 100.9 FM and Tide 109. The Twitter account yesterday, last evening, so many of the games, pretty much all the games, I guess, uh, for the most part, moved up to Thursday in anticipation of what we're experiencing out there right now on the, The leading edge, I guess, of Hurricane Delta. And we continue to have our thoughts to the south and southwest. Man, poor. West Central, sort of Louisiana. Mm. Lafayette, Lake Charles. Here comes Delta. Mm. And we're going to get into, obviously, what that could mean for the rest of the uh, sports world. The college football weekend certainly in the epicenter of that. Alabama at Ole Miss. We told you yesterday as that sort of came down the pike. The time change from the original 5 o'clock kickoff to the 6.30 central kickoff. That game's still going to air on ESPN. We'll make some calls, as we do on football Fridays usually. We'll make some calls, some predictions. We'll give you some things to look for. A particular interest when it comes to Alabama and Ole Miss. We'll do that on the program today. We also have Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com. Charlie joins us on Friday, so he'll do that again today. Charlie, probably in an especially good mood after his Atlanta Braves, made it a three-game sweep yesterday of the Miami Marlins in the Woo! NLDS. Yes. The Braves now move on to the NLCS. Well, they'll take on their former division rival. Yeah, if you're old enough to remember the NL West, you had the Braves and the Dodgers in there together many years ago. Well, they're going to get together now in an NLCS. First time for the Atlanta Braves since 2001. Heck of a run that this Braves team is on. You knew offensively, really from the outset of this COVID shortened season, that look, this lineup was going to be able to produce runs. What you worried about, especially after you had a particular injury early on with Soroka in that rotation, was where's the pitching going to come from? Well, the pitching has been an absolute revelation here in the last month or so, and that's continued through this three game sweep of Miami. Good stuff from the Atlanta Braves. Looking forward to that NLCS getting underway next week. You also have Game 5 of the NBA Finals tonight. LeBron going to put it away. LeBron and AD going to go ahead and put the heat away tonight in 5. Certainly has that feel, doesn't it? So you've got that to consider. Uh, you're going to have, again, boy, NFL football, I sort of described it like trying to line up the installation for cable television or satellite television maybe at your house you know it could be between sunday and tuesday and they might be there between say noon and eight o'clock that's what we've got right now i've got to get my hands on a schedule to sort of figure out what exactly is going on with the nfl now boy those rogue tennessee titans How about those Titans going outside of protocol? What's going to happen? Here's what I think as a Jaguars fan should happen to the Tennessee Titans. I think the Tennessee Titans should have to forfeit all three of their wins to this point. That's what I think as a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. I think that's only fair. I think that's level-headed and reasonable for the Titans. I mean, the Titans, they were like a semi-pro team holding their own workouts in like city parks in Nashville. What was that about? Yeah. Uh, there we go. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the, uh, the Titans here moving forward. But obviously, uh, a lot of stuff we want to get into that's SEC related because it's another big slate of football games. Uh, tomorrow, you've got an additional 11 a.m. game now with Missouri and LSU moving into that window due to Hurricane Delta. LSU now going to play that one at Faro Field in Columbia, Missouri, also in that early window. We talked about this yesterday. We had Chris Summer on. Chris Hummer going to the drive-by Red River rivalry tomorrow there in Dallas where he tried to explain it. I still can't get my head around it, where the Texas State Fair this year is a drive-through. It's a drive-through fair. I mean, how, how does that happen? But uh, you're gonna have Texas Oklahoma in that early window, but you're gonna have Texas AM Florida. I mean, that's the game tomorrow in the state of Texas. It's not OU Texas. It's AM and Florida, especially going head to head there in that eleven AM slot. I'll be interested to see the numbers, see the television ratings from that one. I guess I think Texas OU is on Fox, I believe. And you'll have AM Florida on ESPN in that noon, in that 11 a.m. game. We'll talk to Pops about that game a little bit later, too. Pops last week, we got to give Pops a talking to. You talk about some picks that went awry. Pops 0-3 on his picks last week. He had Auburn at Georgia. He had Navy at Air Force. Air Force won that one 40-7. And then he had our Jags over Joe Burrow and the Bengals. That didn't go so well for Pops either. So, uh, tough week he's coming off of. We'll get his picks a little bit later in the program. Hey, um, Alabama Ole Miss, again, best we can tell right now, Delta certainly impacting the Louisiana coast, even into East Texas, it appears. And then this thing looks like it's on a bit of a northeast track that is going to dump a lot of water on Louisiana and then into Mississippi. And... So without exactly knowing the extent uh, that it's going to, the role it's going to play on this game tomorrow night, here's some calls. Here's some predictions for Alabama Ole Miss tomorrow night at Vault hemingway Stadium. First, Alabama will average more than six yards per carry in the game tomorrow night. You know, even if you take the three sacks, two of Bryce Young against Missouri, one of Mac Jones last week, even if you take the sack yardage out of the equation, because in college football, as we know, one of the dumbest things college football does statistically is deduct sack yardage from the rushing total for a team. So even if you take the sacks and the corresponding yardage out of that, Alabama in its first two games has averaged less than four yards per carry. Now, This Ole Miss defense would seem to be the elixir, the healing agent for an Alabama run game that hasn't quite lived up to the hype through two games. Ole Miss in its first two games, Florida and Kentucky last week, allowed 6.8 and 7.3 yards respectively. Ole Miss gave up 100-yard performances to three different Kentucky players. Last week, Najee Harris for Alabama is coming off one of those rare games for him in which he didn't have a run of 10 yards or more last week. He had three runs of six yards. Those were his longest runs against Texas A&M. Again, this seems to be an area where Ole Miss could serve as a gracious host because the Rebels in Lexington a week ago, 11 runs of 10 yards or more for Kentucky last week. So we like Alabama to get back up over that six yards per carry clip against the Rebels. I think for Ole Miss tomorrow night, here's another one for you, someone other than Matt Corral will attempt to pass for the Rebels. You know Lane's got something, right? He's got something. And he's already shown you that he'll jump John Rice punnel Plumley in there at quarterback, and even if Plumley doesn't play some quarterback tomorrow night, you're going to see him in the backfield. You're going to see some two back sets, Jerry and Ely, with John Rice Plumley in there with him. Elijah Moore will line up in the backfield some. Lane's whatever you think of Lane in terms of play design early in games, working on the script as we talked about this week, he's a master of it. And he's also up the tempo a good bit in terms of how he goes about his offensive approach. So some of that confusion that you've seen for Alabama could be underscored again this week due to tempo and the pace at which Ole Miss is going to go. You know you're going to see that from the outset tomorrow if you're this Alabama defense. So I think you're going to see either John Rice Plumlee – or maybe even a guy like Dontario Drummond, the wide receiver for Ole Miss. We saw him throw a 45-yard a completion in the season opener against Florida off a double pass. Lane's, Lane's going to have at least one hold my beer and watch this moment. One of the starting quarterbacks tomorrow, Mac Jones or Corral, at least one is going to average more than 10 yards per pass attempt in the game. Alabama and Ole Miss offensively, the only two in the league through two weeks that are averaging more than 10 yards per pass attempt. And they're not just, like, creeping above the 10-yard mark. They're at, like, 12.5 each. And you also have to consider the defenses again in this game. Look, and for Alabama, this is where the news isn't entirely bad. You know, Alabama does rank 11th. Right now in pass defense in the SEC, giving up 294 yards per game. And then you look at Ole Miss, and Ole Miss giving up about five more yards per game. They're at 12th in the SEC. The silver lining in all this to this point is that opponents of Alabama are having to throw it a good bit more to get to that 294. Missouri and Texas A&M did. Alabama's allowing 6.8 yards per attempt. Ole Miss, on the other hand, nearly three yards more at 9.5. You know, Mac Jones goes into this game, and five of his six career starts to this point, he has averaged more than 10 yards per pass attempt. Think about what Devontae Smith alone did to this Ole Miss defense last year. School records in receiving yards and touchdown receptions here in Tuscaloosa last season against the Rebels 274 and 5. For the senior. And look, I'm not putting it past Matt Corral to join Mac Jones in averaging more than 10 per attempt this week. And, you know, for the Alabama defense, the key is okay, you started the season feeling good about your two guys on the outside, Patrick Sertan, Josh Job. Last week, you saw some really good things from your star defensive back in Malachi Moore. So you've sort of worked from the outside in. You've gone from the corner spots feeling pretty good about things to star now feeling pretty good about things. Now you've got to get the linebacker and safety levels to that point. If you can do that, you've got a chance to be a pretty good defense. Fourth prediction for you tomorrow night. Both teams will convert uh, 50% or more of their third down opportunities You know, both of these offenses coming into this game, they're top three in the SEC, right around 58% on third down conversions apiece. Uh, And then, again, you look at the defenses, uh, Alabama and Ole Miss, neither of the defenses for those teams, top 10 in the SEC, in opponent third down conversions. Alabama, you know, got off to a pretty good start last week against Texas A&M. Texas A&M on its first three-thirds last week, 0-for-3, then proceeded to rip off 10 of their final 14. You know, when you look at Ole Miss, Kentucky and Florida combined to make good on 12 of their 21 chances on third down. So what you take solace in, if you're an Alabama fan to this point, similar to a year ago when third down wasn't exactly the friend of that defense in 2019 is that you're still seeing Alabama create turnovers really effective in that regard last year. And this season, Alabama through two games four takeaways. Now, one of those came from your punt coverage team forced to fumble on the, uh, really didn't force the fumble against Missouri. The Missouri return guy just straight up muffed it. And Thomas Fletcher, your long snapper jumped on it for you for Alabama. But, uh, Plus two in turnover margin to this point, and that's something Alabama excelled at a year ago. I think Alabama ultimately wins the game by a score. I'm going to go with last week's score. I think a lot of the matchups are similar. Um, the disciple angle is certainly in play once again this week. The second time in a four-game stretch, that that's going to be the case. So I'm going with the same score from last week, 52-24. to 24. Alabama the better football team the more talented football team there's an area of this game where i would look at old miss and go decidedly the advantage it would probably be punting mac brown for old miss comes in averaging about 49 yards per punt but here's the thing you know in this four game winning streak for alabama the Crimson Tide has averaged 59 points per game. A couple of wins where it was in the 60, 60, 60, 66 and 62 a couple of years back to back. And so I don't think Alabama's going to have to punt much tomorrow night. So I don't I don't know if, uh, you know, there's going to be enough of that for that matchup to sort of matter. And even in the punting game, what happened here in Tuscaloosa last year? Mac Brown had a punt block for a touchdown. Ali Cahoe with the block and the recovery in the end zone. You even had Jalen Waddle. You know, Matt Brown going to punt the ball to Jalen Waddle tomorrow night? He did last year. He tried to. Waddle had three returns for 52 yards, including a 29-yarder. So, again, how much is that actually going to work to the benefit of Ole Miss? Going to step aside to a break when we come back. It's Charlie Potter time on a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this.
1: If you're looking... From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood, treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. The kickoff time for the Alabama and Ole Miss football game to be played Saturday in Oxford has been changed to 6.30 p.m. Central time due to Hurricane Delta announced on Thursday. The game was originally scheduled to begin at 5 p.m. Central. The change in start time was made to provide a forecast for better game conditions. Alabama is 2-0 on the season, while the Rebels are 1-1, coming off an overtime win last week at Kentucky. The game will be televised by ESPN as originally planned, and our coverage on the radio will begin at 3.30 p.m. Central on all Crimson Tide Sports Network affiliates as well as TuneIn Radio. I'll have more in a moment. Everwood Treatment Company is wood
0: treated right. Everwood is the most technologically advanced pressure treated wood available. That means no rotting, no decay, no problems. Just wood treated right. Everwood is your treated wood source and the official pressure treated lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. If you're looking to add or replace decks, outdoor structures, or commercial jobs, choose Everwood for wood treated right. If you need it, we'll get it to you. To locate your local Everwood store, visit everwoodtreatment.com.
1: Everwood Treatment, official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama soccer returns to action on Sunday as West Hart's Crimson Tide welcome in the defending SEC champion and third-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks to Tuscaloosa. The Razorbacks are 3-0 to begin the season, while Alabama is 1-1-1. This will be the second home match of the year, with Alabama beating Tennessee 3-1 three weeks ago. First kick is set for 2 p.m. Central, and you can watch the match on ESPNU. And that's your Bama update, Crimson Tide Today, brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Cloudy with occasional rain showers likely this afternoon
0: and tonight. The high today, 77. Tonight's low, 70. Breezy tomorrow. Rain much of the day. Maybe a few thunderstorms as well. The high, 78. And Sunday, cloudy with rain ending during the morning. The high at 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com. Or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide.
4: Baby, got you on my mind Happy anniversary, baby Got you on my
2: mind On this day in 1995 The chocolate lady lost her mind And agreed to nuptials with yours truly. How about that? Silver anniversary for the couple, the Ryers. Oof. Yeah. She deserves all the medals the chocolate lady does for a hundred thousand different reasons, but certainly this one being at the top of the list. 25 years ago today in Key West, Florida, James Ludeman. Just uh, the chocolate lady and myself and kind of this kooky lady in a crazy hat that married us down there in Key West, Florida. And her son, you know, it was sort of a package, one of those elopement type packages you buy and it comes with the service and the uh, photos, you know, and uh, maybe a, a bottle of $3 champagne or something that's marked up to one eighty. And uh, the the crazy, the kooky lady's son was the uh, wedding photographer, and I think he may have had like a Kodak or a Polaroid or something. You know, it wasn't exactly a Minolta, all right? Something like that. But uh, 25 years ago today, there you go. Hey, uh, let's head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line, check in with our good pal Charlie Potter, my colleague there, cohort. At Online dot com does an unmatched job of covering the Alabama Crimson Tide for us there on the Twenty Four Seven Sports dot com network. We talked about it earlier, Charlie. What about those Atlanta Braves three game sweep of the Miami Marlins?
3: Yeah, it feels pretty good. Well, first off, happy anniversary! Um, Thank you. Uh, that's uh, quite the accomplishment there, but uh, <laughs> I think that uh, <laughs> I think with the Braves, um, it's, it's been really impressive. Um, you know, they've done it in a balanced way. They've had really strong pitching. It's good to see they have three quality arms they can throw out there um, because that's really been the bugaboo or the, the thing that makes you worry about this team, especially when losing Soroka and then just having trouble finding um, guys to fill out the rotation. But you know, Travis Darnode played really well in the um, series against the Fish, and hopefully they can keep it up because they got a big test in front of them with the Dodgers.
2: Man, Ian Anderson and Kyle Wright right, coming along yep. in that two and three spot,
3: That they haven't
2: just been serviceable either, Charlie. I mean, the, these guys and a bullpen that through the years on this program, I've and we both, you know, justifiably hammered. It, it's really been amazing to watch this pitching staff as a whole sort of come together here in the last year or two.
3: It really has, yeah. I saw a stat on, on Twitter yesterday, um, you know, when the game was closing out that Max Fried gave up eighty percent of the the Braves runs in the uh in the series against the Marlins. I think you'll take that, uh, given just <laughs> the uncertainty that surrounded the position uh, throughout the season. But no, it has been really impressive to see those young arms come together. It makes you excited about the future. I mean, right now you're you know, in the NLCS, there's a lot to be excited about, but when you've talked about just the inconsistencies uh in the pitching staff to, to see it come together this year and to know that you guys you have those guys around for a while, that that's exciting about the future as well.
2: Yeah, that's a young staff, man. When you get Soroka back to go with Freed and Anderson and Wright, you know, it's kind of reminiscent of I don't wanna put it up there with sort of <laughs> Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz and those guys just yet, but the the, the table is definitely set for the Braves to uh, go on another one of these these long runs there in the NL East and beyond. Speaking of quality arms, a couple on display tomorrow night in Oxford, Mississippi. Mac Jones playing at a very high level, but so is Matt Corral. Uh, is the starter in Lane Kiffin's first season there with the Rebels. What's the level of concern after these first two weeks for the Alabama defense, given the challenges that Ole
3: Miss will present tomorrow night, Charlie? Yeah, I think this is a, a challenging game for Alabama just because Ole Miss isn't great, but what they do offensively um, is very uh, dangerous. I think that Matt Corral has been a perfect quarterback for Lane Kiffin. Uh, you know, he's completed a high percentage of his passes. I think he's you know, close to 77%. Uh, he's thrown for over 700 yards, he has seven touchdowns and only one pick. And, um, you know, that offense is is looking really good. They can even, you know, they're they're pretty sound in the run game as well. Jerry and Ely is is a dangerous weapon for them back there. So for Alabama, I think you're going to probably see a a similar approach that they took last week. I I think it'll be more of an emphasis on on getting pressure and and getting uh, the quarterback onto the ground because they were really trying to contain Kellen Vaughn. He's been very dangerous with his legs and what he's done against Alabama the past two years. And you could tell that was really an emphasis just to kind of must-rush him and, and, and keep him contained and not let him break out for some of those long runs that he's known for. So I think Corral's also um, capable of making plays with his legs. He's a, he's a true dual threat, maybe not in the same sense as Kellen Mine, but you're going to want to get him rattled and, and get him I think this is a week that you kind of see the pass rush maybe get unleashed a bit more because they faced more of you know true running quarterbacks the last two weeks. So um, if they can do that, um, yeah, I think they'll be in better shape. I think you also need to see a you know, more consistent play from the secondary, especially in the back end. I think the corner spots have been really strong with Patrick Sertan and Josh Jobe. I think Malachi Moore had a really good week last week at the star position, but it's a roller coaster game for Daniel Wright. Um, you know, we saw in the second half really. Uh, he played more than just dime looks. Uh, Demarco Helms was in there and nickel, and then Daniel Wright came in only when they had six defensive backs on the field. So that'll be interesting to see if that happens. But they just need to be, I think, across the board more consistent. Um, you know, Nick Saban said it kind of ad nauseum after the game and in the preview. Or, or to recap the, the game on Monday in a preview message, they need to cut down on the middle errors. And it, it seems like it's fixable issues. Uh, you know, weather can throw a lot of curveballs in that, and, and the lane kicking can too. But if they can come out of this game, um, you know, feeling pretty good about themselves and, and what they did against Matt Corral, I think this defense can kind of take that next step moving forward.
2: You talked about pressure. It's not like. Pete Golding and the defensive staff didn't get creative last week. And you're right. You have to approach Kellen Mond in a way in which you don't want to bust your pass rush in a way in which he hits you for 50, 60 yards on an explosive play. But I mean, we saw corners coming. We saw one particular instance on a fourth down where two safeties came right up the a gaps. Uh, The linebackers, right. are a big part of this pass rush package to this point. I, I guess in some ways, other than Christian Barmore, still waiting for one of these defensive linemen to sort of step up and join him in that regard because it's it's very much defensive back and linebacker heavy even in the pass rush scenarios.
3: No, Yeah, I think the defensive line needs to play a little better as a whole. I think we've seen some strong performances from guys like LeBron Ray. I think my Mathis has played pretty well. And, you know, Justin Oboeby and, and Byron Young have played you know, pretty solidly, but I think across the board it just needs to be consistency. And that's going to be something, uh, a word that you use a lot with this defense just because, and really I think it's the case with everyone. I mean, it's an unprecedented yeah. off season. You're, you're kind of ironing out the kinks um, at, at the, you know, out the jump against SEC competition. So you're going to have some, some issues, but with the defensive line, yeah, I think just overall the, the group needs to play better. I think DJ Dale and what they get from the nose guard position uh, needs to improve. And, um, you know, Christian Barmore was limited last week. Um, You know, he didn't play at all in the first game and he had a limited role last week. It sounds like they're going to continue to, to tick up his uh, volume in terms of reps and, and how he's used, and, and that could be big in this game because, you know, like you said, he's a guy that is very effective in getting after the quarterback. And if he can get some guys like Le'Bron Ray and and Justin Boyby and, and others to kind of help out in that regard, Alabama will be much better, or in much better shape up front defensively.
2: Yeah, you know, Alabama on early downs it seems like anyway has been pretty good about getting missouri and getting texas a&m into third down uh it's getting off the field on third down that i'm sure is is still an area where uh Saban, golding and, and the rest of that brain trust is is looking for some improvement against an old miss offense as we talked about earlier in the show when it comes down to third down conversions along with alabama's right there among the top three units uh in the southeastern conference what about the run game for alabama charlie um I know you heard from Landon Dickerson this week, and uh, does it seem like there's there's a little bit of an edge to that group given that there hasn't been the yards per carry average as much as anything else is
3: down for that group as you go into week three? Yeah, I mean, I, I just straight up asked Landon. We talked to him on Tuesday just for his assessment of the, the run game through two games, and you know, he didn't hesitate and said he's disappointed, and he placed the blame on, on his shoulders and the rest of the offensive line's shoulders. And um, you know, I, I think that is a point of emphasis this week. Of course, whenever you have Mac Jones and those receivers making plays like they have been, you know, you, you're not going to have just a complete. Balanced approach. Um, you know the deep ball is working really well, and you don't want to really stray away from that. But you're you're balanced offense. You're going to still run the football, and I think they want to see again more consistency from from that group. And this is the week to do it, uh, whether it's you know rain in the forecast or uh, just facing an Ole Miss defense that is quite frankly, atrocious at stopping the run last week against Kentucky where they have 400 rushing yards at six touchdowns 408, yeah. uh, and more than seven yards per carry. I mean, this is the week to, to unleash Najee Harris and Brian Robinson and let those offensive linemen get to work. And, um, you know, I mean, you look at the, the 2015 game at Georgia, I know Jay Cook was able to sling the ball around the yard a little bit, but you, you lean on Derrick Henry in that run game, and I think we could see a similar thing. Uh, Saturday, especially if the conditions are bad from a, a rain and wind standpoint. And, uh, again, facing that defense, those offensive linemen are motivated, but they also have to be licking their chops at the matchup.
2: Yeah, and a silver lining, again, to another area, like the run game, is that when they've gotten into first and goal type situations in this offense in the first two games, they've gotten Najee Harris into the end zone. They've been pretty mm-hmm. good about finishing drives uh, on the ground here. Uh, through two weeks charlie how important was john mechie doing what he did last week against texas a&m for for this offense
3: yeah i think it's big and uh lane kiffin he's had a, a few jokes this week and um you know he said you know you think they just have two receivers and now you look out and they have a guy that goes over 150 yards and now they have three and it's big for the offense because you know what Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell can do, and maybe you put your effort there just in terms of pass defense, but now that opens things up for Mechie. Uh, it opens things up for another receiver, maybe you know, Najee Harris in the passing game or um, uh, Miller Forrestal. It just opened things up to have even another weapon out there outside of Smitty and Waddle. Waddell. And, uh, he played well. Uh, you know, He played up to, to what we saw uh in the eight day game a couple years ago when he was the M V P and Nick Saban said it's too early to make a star out of a player and uh it looked like John is a, a star in the making of that big performance. Um you know, a lot of it, you know, too, you know, Mac Jones has placed the football right on the money, but you know, those guys are putting in the legwork and they're catching the ball and turning it into six. So um Mechie though, his his emergence it's it's big for this offense. Just because, like I said, it opens up so much more. It takes some pressure off of Devontae and Jalen, and then it opens things up for for other guys like Miller, Forrestal and, and Najee Harris. And maybe we see, you know, the, it, maybe not this week, just because you know the weather might be bad. But maybe we start to see Slade Bolden, you know, get some more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Maybe a, a Jayvon Javon Baker, the true freshman, gets some more opportunities. So I just think it gives you, um, you know, another uh, variable in that offense that has a lot of weapons already.
2: As we let you out of here, Charlie, uh,
3: prediction for tomorrow night. What do you got? It's tough just because I, I don't know what the weather's going to be like. I mean, some people are saying it's going to be out of there by the time some... Come you know, on, Charlie. The, put your suspenders oh, I, on. I've got, and, a, I've got a prediction. Just saying, Come on. I've got a prediction. I'm just prefacing it with <laughs> the different variables. Just because it's your anniversary doesn't mean you got to tell me that way. <laughs> but, no, I, I think that... Alabama is going to win this one and win this one pretty convincingly. For me, I, I said 49 to 21. And yeah. it, it's just, you know, when you add in, you know, Hurricane uh, Aftermath, you kind of just throw something against the wall and hope it sticks. But I, I just think that uh, defensively, Alabama will, will try to get pressure on Matt Corral. And if it's successful, it will be successful on defense. And then offensively, um, basically pick your score. I, I just think that. Ole Miss isn't very good defensively and if they lean on Najee Harris they're just going to see a lot of success on that side of the ball so I'll go 49-21 and uh, you know just hope that we don't get washed away there in Oxford.
2: Yeah be careful man it could be like 2001 when Alabama went over there it was an absolute quagmire you know I was doing some research because I recalled the 94 game and of course Jay Barker who you can hear after our program uh, quarterbacking Alabama that season you actually had a delay a lightning delay in that game, and reportedly the then Ole Miss linebackers coach had his headset struck by lightning. He literally had like a a minor burn on the side of his face from the lightning that day in Tuscaloosa. I didn't recall that part, but uh, crazy nonetheless. Be careful going over there, Charlie, and as always, we appreciate the coverage. All right, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes, Charlie Potter, BamaOnline.com, headed to Oxford for what we expect to be a 6.30 kickoff tomorrow night at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. I'm going to step aside to a break. As we do so, want to remind you, the show brought to you in part by Houston Hydrastein. Do an outstanding job with your rugs, your carpets, your tile, your grout. They can handle all of that for you in a first-class manner, locally owned, locally operated. Houston Hydrastein, 205-553-9460. Give them a call today. We recently had what they refer to as the Houston Rug Revival. It's a very real thing, folks. I can tell you, between your carpets and, again, those rugs, uh, wall-to-wall, really, floor-to-ceiling. They're going to take great care of you there. At Houston Hydra Steam, 205-553-9460. Back with more of Southern Fried Sports on a Friday right after this.
0: (laughs) You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tied 100.9 and streaming on the Tied 100.9 app.
2: Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here. Oh, yeah. I'll 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. till noon. That guy right there, John Lennon, the late, great John Lennon would have turned 80 years old today. Talk about anniversaries and birth dates. There's one for you. John Lennon, Um, as we move forward in the program today, we want to thank once again, Charlie Potter for joining us here on the show. Charlie, of course, if you haven't already, you can follow him on Twitter at Charlie underscore Potter P O T T E R. Another anniversary. You know what happened 10 years ago today on this very date in 2010? Ten years ago today marked the last time an SEC Eastern Division team beat the Alabama Crimson Tide on the football field. Think about that, man. It's been ten years. In the words of Shine, it's been a while. A long, long time. I was there. I was in williams Bryce Stadium, which means our oldest, Evan Ryer, was a 14-year-old at the time. We were there together. And uh South Carolina with Steven Garcia took down the Alabama Crimson Tide 35 to 21. You know, people talk about or sort of remember that South Carolina team as if, you know, it was just county high or something when it came to talent. That was a talented South Carolina team. Just look at some of the guys still in the National Football League from that team. And even guys that didn't go on to the National Football League, but either had the potential or flamed out for whatever reason. Stephon Gilmore, what, the NFL defensive MVP? He was a cornerback on that South Carolina team. You had Melvin Ingram as a defensive end on that team. You had Alshon Jeffrey at wide receiver. You had Patrick DeMarco at fullback. He's gone on to play in the National Football League. And maybe the best all-around football player on that team, tragically, because of injury, never got to fulfill his potential. That was Marcus Lattimore at running back. Hell of a player. That was a really talented South Carolina team that ended up losing five games. Nine and five that 2010. So when we think about Steve Spurrier and some of the overachievements we saw from his teams, maybe at like Duke, before he went to Florida, That that may have been an underachieving. Was that the South Carolina team? That South Carolina team lost twice to Cam Newton, I think, in the same season. Once at Auburn, and then again in that SEC championship game. Can I head to our final break? We come back. It's Pops via burner. Poor James Ludeman. He's going to get his baptism where the burner's concerned with Pops. We'll do that with Pops when Southern Fried Sports returns right after this. Football. Cloudy with occasional rain showers likely this afternoon and tonight. The high
0: today, 77. Tonight's low, 70. Breezy tomorrow, rain much of the day, maybe a few thunderstorms as well. The high, 78. And Sunday, cloudy with rain ending during the morning. The high at 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9.
2: Friday edition of Southern Friday Sports right here on 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you. The show brought to you in part by Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning. Outstanding service, thorough work. You can depend on in Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning. 20 years of quality cleaning experience. That's what you're getting with Yeshika Barnes and her outstanding company there. Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning. I hear so many times, you know, look, I would really like to get the house or the business thoroughly deep cleaned, but I just can't count on someone to do it consistently. Well, you can do that with Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning, 205-886-3616. It's that time on Friday when we go to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line and check in with Pop's pops you know uh yes, we sir. haven't we haven't gotten your silver anniversary card the chocolate lady and i yet you know 25 years ago today we got married down in key west <laughs> florida pops oh my gosh
4: boy time sure flies by doesn't it
2: yeah what back then 25 years yeah uh, back in 1995 if vegas had set the over under for me being married seven and a half years would you have gone under or over the seven and a half pops probably under
4: (laughs) probably under i don't know under the seven and a half all i know is you're a very lucky
2: man (laughs) pops i don't get any credit for the sustainability of the uh, well, the I, I have to I, I have to
4: give you some credit, that's for
2: sure. But yeah. the girl's incredible. What can I say? Yeah, I, have I have I gotten better <laughs> with age? Like a fine wine, would you at least admit, pops? <laughs> I don't think pops. Y'all done that.
4: very. Y'all done very well, that's for sure.
2: Uh, you know what didn't do very well last week? Your picks, pops. you, know, you took you took well, the Kala. Yeah. <laughs> last time you went zero for three, I think was in your fast pitch softball career, pops.
4: Well, I know, I know, my ERA is not too hot,
2: you know. Yeah, well, your, your, your strikeouts. Yeah, um, uh, you, you had Auburn. That didn't go so well for you. You know, Navy but, lost I mean, Air Force. Navy lost Air Force I come up with to a seven. Huh. Yeah. Navy lost to Air Force forty to seven pops and you had Navy.
4: I know uh, and and maybe and, and, and after that Tulane game I said they're gonna be ready, you know.
2: You know what we've learned about Tulane is that Tulane can blow some leads. They did it again last night at, at Houston. Not sure if you saw that, but I think, no, I I didn't think see that. was I think they were up twenty four to seven and ended up losing by two or three touchdowns. So uh You're kidding. Yeah, the green wave. Dang, that's two weeks. That's two weeks in a row. When the when the tide goes out with the green wave, it it really goes out. Uh, but you know, look, it's a new week, and we give you an opportunity to bounce back. And what we're going to do is start with your Florida Gators at Texas A and M. Now, pops, are you scared going into tomorrow in College Station? No, no, I'm not scared. I I just hope they
4: come uh, up with some defense by tomorrow. That's all.
2: You uh, know. What are your thoughts on Todd Grantham as the defensive coordinator for the Florida Gators, especially given the big I contract know. Todd's got?
4: I, I know the boy's making over a million dollars a year. And, yeah, a and uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm not, i not I, – everybody – let's put it this way. I don't praise him near as much as everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I can remember when he was at Georgia and yeah. – uh, he didn't,
2: he didn't excite me when he was there. Yeah. Mississippi you know? state too. Yeah. 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 He's, you know what Todd Grantham is? He's kind of the modern day Lee Dunn. Remember Lee Dunn, you know, the oh, old yeah. Defensive coordinator, Yeah. He, he was, he pretty much yeah. coached everywhere around the Southeastern conference. That's kind of what Todd Grantham is, uh, yeah. these days. So do you like, you like the Gators tomorrow? Are you picking the Gators? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to have to pick them because
4: you know, they're my team, but but uh, if I didn't think they'd have a shot,
2: i tell you, I think. Uh-huh. I like my boy Trask, you know. You like Kyle Trask, yeah. 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 What about your uh, tight end there now you got to go along with Kyle Pitz. Pitts? Whittemore, Pitz. you like him, don't you? I like, well, he's 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 my man, you know. What can I tell Kinda you? I like Chris Doring at tight end now for pops down there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: What about, yeah, like,
2: what about I like Kadarius like Tony, too. Yeah, Kadarius what Tony. What about who? Mobile native. What, what about Kadarius. who? What about Mississippi State, Pops? Losing to Arkansas last week. Now they go to Kentucky. Who do you like there? I mean, how, how do you lose to Arkansas? You're Mike Leach. That's, that's what Mike Leach does, Pops. <laughs> that's what they paid him all the money for. <laughs> yeah. Beat L S U and then lose to Arkansas. That's I mean, that's what he does. That's what that's the pirates. I pirate. know. I know. And they yeah. didn't score any points either. No, no. You know, for Michael no. Leach. Arkansas just played a little zone and tackled and you know, yeah. Callan Hill, the running back for Mississippi yeah. State, got dinged early in that game and that but still, I mean, fourteen points against Arkansas Pops. I know. I
4: know. Yeah. That was a, that was a shocker to me, but like you say, it's nothing unusual
2: for, for Leach. So, uh, That's
4: why he's had so uh, Kentucky, many different jobs.
2: Back. Yeah. Huh? you like Kentucky or Mississippi State in that game tomorrow? Oh, dang. You know, Stoops doesn't excite me either, but... Um,
4: it's at Kentucky. Where, where, are they, where are they playing at?
2: Playing in Lexington, Pops. You know, well, Lane, Lane went up there and got a double. i gonna go with a home team. Going with the home team. Right? I will right. I go
4: with a. I go with a home team.
2: All right, the the rivalry game tomorrow that nobody cares about. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas in Dallas, pops. Who you like there? Yeah. What has happened to Oklahoma? Well, you know, yeah, Texas man. too. But
4: yeah, the Big Twelve. Hello, Texas. And Early, Erlinger was supposed to be the
2: quarterback, you know. He's yeah. the man. Yeah. And, uh, Ever since Sam Ellinger said, we're back there, you know, at the Sugar yeah. Bowl a couple of years ago. It, <laughs> that worked out so I'm, good for the Longhorns. I know. I
4: don't know. Yeah. Well, I, well, they're playing in uh, Norman. Playing in Dallas, Pops. It's like the Florida Dallas, Georgia I game. mean. Yeah. That's right. It's the, the, the classic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a toss-up. I think it's a toss-up. Okay,
2: well that's why I'll we're take having to pick it. Who you I'm, going with? Who you going with? I'll go with Oklahoma. All right, you. All right, pops. As always, we appreciate it. Where, what are you, you 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 building a you building a uh, addition on a house or something today on the burner? We usually don't get you on the burner. You, know, you know what I'm you know you
4: know what I'm doing. I'm under you, a house. I'm under, under a house. house. Yeah. With my All with right. my man Kevin and, and we're spraying for mildew under a house in the
2: mud. Oh so, gosh, pops, enjoy that's that.
4: How, that's how um, committed I am to the
2: pops on point. You know. There you go. Well, I hope there's I hope there's not an inspection <laughs> or code that has to be sort of cleared there oh, with your work you, there under that house. Right now, be you, careful, pops.
4: You, You're you would too get old to you would you get more than six feet from me. Believe me.
2: Uh huh. Pops, social distancing <laughs> under a house somewhere today. All yeah, right, Pops, we appreciate yeah. the time. There he All goes. right, see y'all later. Pops. Yeah, I don't know if that work he's doing will will uh, stand up to code, you know. I don't know if they want that inspected. There goes Pops. Thanks to Charlie Potter for joining us as well. James Ludeman doing an outstanding job producing the program. The Lunch Whistle on this Friday. You know where I went yesterday for lunch. Probably going to do it again today. Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard, north of the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. The two daughters, the chocolate lady, myself yesterday. Outstanding. We all went with the chopped wedge salads. I know I talk about them a lot, but they're that great. You can get them with the fried chicken, the grilled chicken on top. Uh, It comes with the blue cheese crumbles and blue cheese dressing. But if you prefer balsamic vinaigrette, ranch, honey mustard, all of those made in-house, they'll have them ready for you at Southern Ale House. Until 11 a.m. on Monday. Have a great football weekend, everybody.